Hey everybody, I want to drop a quick update or note here. We will be uploading a YouTube video which will contain uh, the clips from the movie for each scene that we will be discussing. Uh, also, a very big side note, if you have not watched the movie Knives Out, this audio and that YouTube video will contain massive spoilers. Highly recommend you go watch the movie first. So if you're listening to this audio and you want a little more context, go to the YouTube video. It'll be uploaded in three days after this this audio recording is uploaded so you can get some more context this recording will not contain any audio from the movie itself mostly because it just kind of ruins the flow and i don't really feel like uh just the audio of the clips helps set the scene so why add extra stuff for you guys to you know listen when it's just best to just go straight into the conversation but yeah if you do want to have that little added um aid for each scene you can go to the youtube uh, channel and listen to it there. Everything's in the description below, guys, and in, in the the podcast notes. So if you have, if you want to go find our YouTube channel, you can go find it there. All right. I hope you enjoy the show. My name is Armando, and my name is Rebecca, and my name's Ashley. And you are tuning in to episode twelve of the Will to Trust podcast. All episodes are available for you to listen on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Thank you for joining us. Today is October 14th, 2020. Today we'll be doing something a little different. We're going to give you our impressions and thoughts on particular scenes from the movie Knives Out. If you haven't watched the movie, we highly recommend you do. There will be spoilers in this episode. I'm going to repeat that. There will definitely be spoilers in this episode. So if you have not watched it, go watch it. Before we begin, if you have any topics you would like to recommend or simply want to leave a comment, make sure to visit our website, www.lifelegacypa.com, where you can find additional instructions on how to reach us. Guys, welcome. I hope everyone's have a, having a great week. Uh, this is exciting. It's our first time doing this, and I, I know everyone, I know both Becky and Ashley are like super excited to do this because it's our first time doing something. We love this movie. We think it's a great movie. We've been, I think I've watched like four times already, and I learn something every single time I watch it, which is crazy. I love that we all decided we all decided it. Like we're like, this is a great movie. Perfect. Yeah, there was like no thinking about it. It was like knives out. We're gonna do it, right? Let's do it. Yeah, done. Very fast. So much fun. I am very excited. <laughs> um, the way this is gonna work is relatively easy. Um, it's gonna be simple. We're just gonna post. We're gonna go through particular scenes that we've kind of predetermined. We've already chosen them. We're just gonna go through them and uh, just talk. So in this first scene, we have Harlan and Martha playing Go, and they're kind of just bickering. You know, there's just a lot of talk, you know, about who's going to win, who's going to lose, how they're going to... And it's a fun scene to just establish the characters in a way that we haven't seen them earlier. I thought it was good to start the, with this scene because it's an, it's an interesting thing. He's, he's, a, he's not a simple person, right? So when you start the movie... You're, taught, you're you're kind of exposed to all these characters. You're exposed to, you know, the daughter, the son, grandkids. And then Harlan is, is introduced and he's like this figure of mystery. And then you meet him in this game when he's playing with Martha. And I, it's just like somebody that's just, you could tell he's just so many layers of complexity. And personally for me, like if I'm like doing an estate for somebody, this is kind of like when you're talking to somebody, you're kind of already adding into your brain you're like who is this person what are they going to need 
And this is somebody that obviously off the bat, you know, this is going to be an insane estate. I mean, you're just looking at that room alone. There's like a thousand books, antiques everywhere. Um, later on in the episode, in this scene, he holds like a knife, which is fake, but he collects knives. He collects fake prop knives. And you're like, mm. keeping all that, you know, like in the back of my head, I'm like that all of this is just gathering up. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, you just noticed that he... You could tell that he's into what he's doing all the time. And you could even tell from the background, the type of person that he is, that he's very detailed. I think one of the biggest things like you were saying is that when you're doing an estate plan for someone or something like that, you have to realize this whole, um, people are people and we're all different. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to have different ideas of what we like, what we don't like, what we want, what we don't want and uh, what we value. And I thought that was cool that he's, um, I love that game myself. So I thought it was interesting that he, um, he likes, he likes like, he likes playing along, so I liked it. It's like you know, it's like an old, old game. Uh, I think. Yeah, I, it's, I it's like a fellow. It. Yeah, right. It's uh, so Go goes back to like I think it's like five hundred years old. It's super old. Um, it's, I don't know. I think it goes more than that. I think I, I'm I'm confusing the amount of time that's been since and the date of the game. I think it dates back to the five hundreds in wow. China. In China, yeah, it's super old. And that caught my attention too, because I had, so I had never played Go before this. I know, whatever. I mean, and I saw the scene and I'm like, oh, what's this game? So I Googled it and I'm like, of course they would make him play a relatively simple game, but it's strategized, right? Like it's got like the strategy behind it. And then she's playing with him, you know? And I think that kind of caters to like the entire movie where like, he's just, he plays, he's playing with, it's all like some sort of like weird game because in the end you kind of see how like they all pick up like you know he plays like this game of toys with his daughter uh jamie lee curtis's character like there's like a something that he does i think it's like uh he puts like invisible ink on stuff um yeah the guy is not simple <laughs> this is not a one and done estate so just again oh this is a little warm scene just to kind of like start it off um it's gonna get way better as the scenes go by. I mean, some of these scenes are just like I, I when I was doing the edits for the scenes, I ended up just sitting through one entire scene because I was just like, I, I gotta, I gotta rewatch this particular scene. You know, I'll tell you guys when when it comes up, I'll be like, oh yeah, it was this scene. This is the scene that I just watched. I just kept on. I sat and I watched for like <laughs> half an hour. I was just like watching it. Um, but yeah, so that's a good warm up. Just bringing in like you know, showing in that's Harlan, right? So in this next scene, we have the family discussing politics. What are we going to say about this scene? No comment. I just wanted to show that to say we're actually not going to talk immigration here. I thought it would just be funny to kind of put it as a, sure, we're going to enter that topic, but not really, because we want this to be fun. And really, with the climate that we've had lately, this is not something that we want to talk about. We want to talk about things that are affecting, um, I mean, things that will just be fun to watch and something that can be a little bit more lighthearted. This next scene is where it starts getting really fun because this is where it starts setting up the reading of the will. Thoughts. Thoughts about I love that. how he he's trying to set it up as... I mean, obviously, having watched the movie, we know that it does not end up as boring. But he's just saying, hey, this is community theater, which is not nothing, you know, not big personalities uh, doing tax return. Probably the most boring thing. And in reality, when we have to go through our estate plans and we're signing them and you have to talk to clients about it, 
some of this stuff is very dry and topics you don't want to talk about. So you think, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but there are exceptions. And that's, this movie is definitely one of them. So there was a lot in this first part that really caught my attention. And I think I, he said it himself, the attorney, and it's something that we kind of hinted to and we sort of knew that this isn't something that happens all the time. You don't need to get everyone into one room to talk about the will. And most of the time, you kind of hope that people already know what's in there. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about, his personality, that he was all about strategy and complexity and he didn't want to tell people about it. So he'd rather just put it into a statement, which isn't going to be that much more helpful because the people are still surprised by what's going to be inside of his estate plan. I thought it was just cruel. I mean, he when you think about it, he tells everyone throughout the movie, right? And we learn about it throughout the movie that he's telling everyone that he's disinheriting them in some way. He's not telling them that he's that he's disinheriting them. He's just telling them, look, uh, the money I was giving you, you're not getting it. Uh, hey, look, the job that you had with me in my business, it's not yours. Um, and he just went ahead. And he, the only person he tells is Ransom, right? And then Ransom becomes like the point of interest because everyone's like, oh, he, you know, he's like the bad guy in, in the family. Um, I thought it was cruel, right? Like, I mean, when you think about like such like it's a massive estate plan, right? And he just like leaves everyone in the dark, and at the at the last minute he's like, yeah, so I'm leaving it to my caretaker, and everyone's like, and rightfully so, if I had to be honest with you. I mean, we know the main character is Marta, but I'd be pissed. <laughs> like I'd be like, what, what, why? Um, but I get it. You know, um, I think it's it's interesting that they all act surprised when they all kind of knew they weren't going to each person knew they kind of weren't going to be given what they thought they were going to be given. Um, I think they hoped that because he had died so soon, he was uh, he maybe hadn't reached or been able to do the will because it was. But it's kind of like he already knew he told them and um they each knew that each section wasn't going to be theirs but they somehow hoped which was to me interesting um but yeah a will reading like that is just going to cause more discourse especially with with such a hot like hot-headed family like this one i find it fascinating that they even did it um in the movie they kind of uh the attorney he excuses the act that he's doing it by saying that uh everyone's there it's convenient um, I think he, I think at one point he kind of uses a second, um, reason for doing it is because there was a, a statement to be read. Right. But honestly, at that point, like as an attorney, I'd be like, there's no way I'm going to get, you know, this entire family together and say this news. Right. Um, and it's in reality, they don't right. In reality, most attorneys will just handle the will in private and they'll send out beneficiary notices. Right. And a copy of the will. And that gets done through probate if there has to be. So for the most part, like, I don't know, this just sounds like way too much family involvement for, for what it is. Um, it's a good movie. It, it I was about movie. to say, it's definitely a movie, especially since he kind of showed how he was not even maybe involved in the process because he was surprised when they took it out. He had originally said, oh, it's going to be simple. And then he sees it and he's like, oh, wow. So you could tell he didn't actually help with the editing, um, which he had said that the will was altered just a week before the death. So 
he did not even know what was going to be in there and he still wanted this will reading to happen. So that's one of those things that we could probably chalk up to just this. This is a movie and they needed the dramatic will reading. And Ashley, you brought up uh, in, in our conversations earlier about like the size of the will and how like that wouldn't fly. And I was like, where are the clauses? Where, where's, where's all the information? Where's that, that will is by, by far one of the most anemic wills I've ever seen. And it's not that we see it. It's that we see him slide one paper out of the envelope and it's like, okay, I guess. And who were the, who were the witnesses? Was there any witnesses? I mean, in Florida, you need witnesses. So where are your witnesses? Um, who were they? Cause everyone else there looks surprised. So <laughs> I think that adds to it. And I think someone with such a sizable fortune, um, a home, a legacy with his books. Um, why didn't he have a trust with an attorney? How, how does he not have more safeguards than a little piece of paper that <laughs> apparently changed everyone's entire life. Yeah, so I think, I think it, it gives, it's a great movie, but realistically you don't want to be in this position. It's as, definitely um, to add simplicity, right? They need like that one figure, that one attorney. But in reality, if it's like, we're talking about what seems to be a corporate empire, right? Like it's a publishing house, um, you know, books. This guy is like a famous author and there's one attorney with a paralegal, you know, like it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that at that point you probably have at least a team of attorneys working on all this, especially if the, the, the client passed away. I mean, like you'd expect there to be a little bit more than that. But, you know, I don't know if you remember, there's a, a little the scene right before they gather where the attorney actually walks in and his paralegals behind him and she's carrying two boxes of documents. And then they show up in this room and she only has one will. So it's very interesting because yes, and and I loved when he used the word simple and then he starts reading 60 uh, million in cash account, various cash accounts and the single shareholder of this really successful company that there's nothing about that that says simple so it's it's definitely just it doesn't Hollywood add magic <laughs> Hollywood and, magic and and just like um the fact that it's just like the thought right of this guy and going back to that first scene that we watched right how complicated he is and everything is just it just seems like the planning of the estate was just all, and I guess we could just put this down to like maybe like just not proper knowledge by the the director or the writers, right? Or maybe it's just not Hollywood magic, right? Hollywood magic takes a little, you know, if you don't have explosions in movies, you know, won't sell. So, you know, but when you really look at it, like this estate would be, those two boxes wouldn't be enough, really. Like it would be, in a lot of people would be involved. Bankers would be involved. Um, mortgages would probably be involved. If they have any rental properties. If they have anything that they have. To, there's going to be title, you know, transfers. And it's just like, by the end of the scene, it's like all and done. Everyone, Martha owns everything. God, let's let's go home. You know, like you're like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened here? Like this doesn't happen. Um, yeah, it's a great scene though. I love it. And the, 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 the character, the heated, the, you could, you could feel the tension, you know, uh, ransom Chris Evans characters just sitting there. Cause we obviously now know he knows, right. Or, you know, that he's ready to, to watch everything crumble. Um, 
funny, funny stuff. I right, love you the stereotypical of- attorney, like you were saying, Rebecca, before we get too far from that, because how many times do they always show uh, state attorneys, defense attorneys, any attorney with a rolling stack of boxes or some stack of boxes and files, because we're all known to have an insane amount of documents for every single thing. So the fact, I thought it was just hilarious because I felt like it just added to the stereotype of you, you just had to see it. You didn't even have to know they were the attorneys and you kind of could already guess, oh, that's the attorney. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Can we take And a it moment? was really just to... Oh, no, sorry. No, 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 go, 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 go. I totally interrupted. And it was really just to reinforce that idea because like we said, when he actually has it on the table, it's not that whole plan. So why did they bring two boxes worth of documents? It's pure stereotype. I mean, it's just to kind of make it feel like, and it should have been two boxes. It should have been like, a, I mean, I whatever. The movie magic. I mean, I you know, a lot of it. <laughs> But I do want to bring up one little fun fact. Do you guys know who acts as the attorney? Who's the actor behind the attorney? Um, that's Frank Oz. He's actually the voice of Yoda. So let that sink in. Yeah. Fun little <laughs> Star Wars trivia. Um, fun fact. I just found it funny. I was like, is that Frank Oz? What is he doing here? Like, oh my God, it's so weird. Um, but this movie is just a powerhouse of actors. And, you know, I mean, we I, I, throughout the movie, I'm just watching. I'm like, oh, look who that is. Oh my God, look who's in this movie. It's just. What a great movie. It was interesting. I think when you saw, you mentioned Chris Evans just sitting there observing. That was one of those um, thoughts. And when I was watching this, I was like, why does he still want to? He was so intrigued by this will reading. And he had, they already showed us that he was told that he would be disinherited. So it's kind of um, interesting. And it, it hints to, what's to come because you're like, what are you doing there? If you already know that you're not getting anything. So, hmm. Yeah. Well, we know why. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love, Uh, I love too. um, I think you had been saying it um, about how you were talking about how like, Oh, he should have probably had like a corporate attorney, but let's say he had like a small town attorney because sometimes older people like to have that small town attorney or um, someone that they know for many years. And, but I thought it was funny because Rebecca, you said it and you mentioned it, how like um, he was surprised about that. It was only like one sheet, but then you see that his, I don't know if it's an associate. I don't know if it's a paralegal, but um, you see that she's pointing to the items before he even gets there. Kind of like she knew what was in it, but um, he didn't. And that tends to happen sometimes with these larger firms or or not even larger firms just sometimes um firms that um are more established that the main attorney may not he'll represent and give face or she'll represent and give face but the one that really knows are the smaller associates or the paralegal Mm -hmm. so i just thought it was funny because even though there's stereotypes um it's sometimes true and (laughs) and hollywood likes to play on those so i thought that was that was great He's looking at the, it doesn't seem to be the will yet. It's before the reading of the first statement and he's looking at a paper. He's outlining all of like the, the real estate and the properties that are, that are in his, uh, in, in the estate. And you're right. She's just like, she's like, she's like pointing. This. Don't right forget at, this one. Yeah. But, and, but like one. he's just lost. Like he's looking over the paper. Like I have no clue where I'm at. You know, he's just, 
you know, and which is a short paper. If you see the glimpse of yeah. it, it's like it's tiny but paper I and he think, still doesn't know. I think the majority of people would probably have seen that. And it, I think this mo- this mostly comes down to like just having experience either from a professional sense. Cause like this, I think this is like kind of like happens in like accounting or any where you have like client public relations, but you have like that partner that makes face. And then like all of like people that actually work on the, on the work. Most people may have seen that scene and gone, well, that's just because maybe they're playing on his age, right? He's just old, you know, he's friends, he was friends with Harlan, you know, and he's just kind of like, and then all of us were like, oh, we know who wrote that. Like, we know who drafted <laughs> that paper. It, he, he's not lost. He's just, he has no clue what is going on because he's never seen this before, you know? And that, that's a good point. That's absolutely a good point. I think that's probably would have flown over most people's heads. They probably would have seen that and been like, yeah, age, right? Um, great scene. The next one we're going to be looking into the reaction of what before happens. we go into the next one yeah. what did you think about that whole thing about he said not to submit it to the courts until after his death yeah um i what'd you think about that so i actually looked it up because i had no clue that that was a thing at least here in florida i've never really heard of somebody filing i mean there's always that one person who asks like they're like oh should we put it in you know send it to the court and i'm like no, you just keep it in a safe place until you pass away, and then we'll probate it if you have to probate it. Um, but it seems to be that there are certain uh, legal proceedings you can do uh, in just filing your will with the court. Um, I don't know the proceedings here in Florida to do that, but the, it looks like that's something you can do. Should you do it? I don't know. It just seems like a lot of paperwork to be sending into the court um, if you decide to change your will, you have to not only go through an attorney to change it, you then you have to go and refile with a court. Um, I, there's not a lot of information out there on this. I really, I spent like a good hour looking for it and I was like, unless I need to do it for, you know, a, a client, there's really not much more I can find for that. So if you guys, if anybody, I just thought it was, yeah. I, I thought I was wondering if it was just, um, the writer's wanting to just add to the mystery of the fact that he changed it a week before and that he didn't want people to know who was going to finally get everything. But then I wasn't sure because ransom knows. So he didn't want to keep it that hidden or did he just know that ransom could have told told anyone? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Unless he was playing a game of go, you know, like he's, he's moving features around and he knows who's going to play towards their their character, right? Because Ransom's this jealous type, you know, who always felt like he had, like, the bad chip in the family and he wouldn't want to yeah. tell anybody so that they can then have the chance to pounce on him, you know, and, like, and fight for it. Um, I feel like he was anticipating everything from the yeah. beginning. And, I, and I, it just adds to the complexity of this movie because the more you watch it, you wonder if he knew he wasn't going to die and he died. You know, like the whole movie does feel like that, though. It move, it feels like he's yeah. setting it up to his death. It's almost like, you know, at one point, I was con- I was convinced it was all just like the game, right? You know, like it was. Just I think all, so too. Like he had just planned his death, right, to see how they would act. You know, and and I don't know. And then halfway through the movie, I'm like, man, this guy's cruel. <laughs> like he's just so cruel. He's he, you know, Martha's suffering. You know, like all the people are fighting, and and then yeah, he he actually died. But uh, he, the movie just felt like the fact that he had the will set up what a week in advance, you know, of his death. Like that's really close. And we'll talk about some of the factors about that in not the next scene, but the scene after that. We'll talk about. Um, I think it's uh, some defenses people have to invalidate a will. 
or yeah i definitely have theories on why he didn't tell martha and why he's allowed it to happen the way that it's happened but we'll get there as we get closer yeah. to the mm-hmm. end i'm excited that, that's like that's there's like a the, lot that's of complexities right there. there's yeah there's a lot of complexities Okay, so I let that run a little bit because I wanted I wanted to get her, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, saying, "Did you have sexual intercourse with my father?" Because that actually has a lot to play in any undue influence defense they would have. And we'll talk about that in the next scene because that's when they start bringing up. But is there anything particular in this scene you guys want to cover? I mean, it's already hinting to that, but they started coming up with all the kind of usual defenses to this type of thing. Um, They said, aren't there safeguards against it? Which I'm sure there are. There's defenses that we're going to talk about later. Um, And they were saying, well, he was on medication. He wasn't, you know, he, he was on uh, morphine and a great deal of uh, medication right before. And um, they also, I love that they say, um, and this is not one of those defenses, so that's why I'll bring it up now, is that they said, oh, but we're his family. So, And she's been around a lot, but she's not his family. And that's something that I think people always expect there to be some sort of um, guard for that and saying or protection to say, hey, your family has to have some sort of protection. Your kids have to have... and." In some states, there are certain things that you can, you know, your spouse and elective shares, which if people don't know, that's just a certain percentage that your spouse might still be able to get. But for other people, you can specifically disinherit them. And just because your family doesn't mean that you need to get something. And I mean, even kids, you can be disinherited. So that is a wake up call for some people. They, it's bursting their bubble. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really good point. I actually did not hear that. And now that you mentioned it, like, I'm like, that's a really, really good point. Um, in, yep. in Florida, I think you can disinherit. I mean, there's protections for like minor kids and like your spouse. Exactly. But um, adult kids, you're you're out of luck. So start, which I think is funny because as Hispanics, our parents always threaten, you know, you better take care of me when I'm older because you're going to get nothing, you know, <laughs> and, that's, and it's true. You could, you know, and it's one of those things that people think there's you can't be disinherited, but you definitely can. I mean, each state has their own way, but um, you have no right to someone else's. Stuff, whether they're your parents or anybody else's doesn't yeah. matter that your family you could definitely be disinherited i'm gonna kind of skirt the edge here a little bit between this scene and the next scene um but i just do want to kind of bring up the fact and let's emphasize that it is not uncommon if not it is probably common to see claims of um or just invalidations of wills when you have a caretaker as the beneficiary of a testator and that's funny that they use that situation in this movie because when you see it you're like it's common this is not uncommon this is very common to have the situation rise up and that's why when you see them kind of go up in arms um it's interesting to see uh a lot of them are like you probably had 
uh, sex with my dad. You had sex with my grandfather because that's kind of like the 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 power um, dynamics that you have in these situations where you have a caretaker who kind of like is constantly taking care of this elderly person. Uh, they become very friendly with this elderly person. And in this case, all that's true. I mean, it is true. In the end, none of that is false in the sense that she did become friendly with him. They felt each other in a very emotionally you know, intimate way. They weren't physically intimate, but they were very emotionally intimate. Um, you could tell that from the first scene when they're playing Go, they're they're just cracking jokes at each other and they're not like professional jokes. They're, they're you know, he's like, Telling her like you know like take me to the ARP you know uh, this is abuse for an old person you know send me to the ARP and she's calling him I think she, at one point she calls him viejo which is old you know and stuff like that that um, so the reaction for me was pretty adequate I mean I think the director and the writer got the reaction pretty I think a family would be upset if they weren't if they were blindsided to go back to I think I, I don't know who said this but they should have all seen it coming. <laughs> this is pretty obvious. I mean, you have, you know, he's he kind of spoke to each and every uh, one and told them, hey, um, this particular part of your life, I'm going to stop it. The connection between you and me, it's seizing. Um, and then this happens and they're surprised. Uh, anything else you guys want to add before we go into the night scene of this? I'll respond to what you just said about yeah. them being surprised and going back to how you called him um how you thought that it was kind of cruel. And I don't know if this is what Ashley had wanted to go into later and her theories, but I look at this as part of why he reacted the way he did or why he did, um, why um, he set up the will the way it was set up was because he knew that this family was very entitled and they were never going to change. And they were very focused on themselves um, and when he said he was cutting them off, they just thought, oh, give him a few years. He'll come back. Or when he dies, I'm still like, this is still my um, inheritance, my entitlement. And he was saying, no, I'm telling you, I'm cutting you off. And for real, I am. And he did not want them to go just like they are going to go after Martha you know, spoiler, but just as they were going to, he knew that they would do that if he, they knew in advance. Well, because we're kind of getting into it, um, if you really think about it, um, I felt like uh, it's not an inappropriate reaction because at least here in South Florida, there's a lot of fraud with that. Mm -hmm. um, there, we've heard, I've heard of situations, we've seen situations in where a caretaker will come in, take advantage of an elderly person, have that elderly person sign everything over. But um, so it's not an inappropriate reaction in, a, in certain, some situations, but I feel like in this situation, it was completely inappropriate because the whole movie, especially in the beginning and even to like right before the scene, everyone's like Martha's family. She's family. Martha's family. And we love her. And she's a part of the family, um, even going so far as someone saying oh I wanted you at the funeral but you got booted out like I, I got voted out like so there was hints that everyone really cared about this character but then all of a sudden they felt um they, they felt they were so entitled that they didn't even care about her as a person anymore or was it all fake from the beginning um but it's it's interesting because I feel like my one of my theories 
is that the reason he allowed her to go through all of this was because this was the only way she would be able to, I think he was going to leave her with it anyways, but he allowed her to see the true nature of the family um, in a separate situation because she wouldn't have seen this nature of this family if it was just given, he, she was warned ahead of time, everyone was told ahead of time. You know, it, was, it probably would have been handled behind doors while in this situation she was thrown in full brunt and I thought just the screenwriters did such a well, like it's just, it's such a good flowing storyline that um, you see the dynamics in the characters. It's incredible. That, that theory plays into why the attorney would then um, have a, you know, a reading of the will with everyone, right? Because, I mean, he says that the second reason he does it is because it's, it, he wants to read the first statement. Everyone needs to be there. So that's it. That's he's playing that, and he it's he, that's really good. That's a really good. I mean, I, I wouldn't even call it a theory. I think that plays into exactly what Harlan wanted, right? Because in any if if it wasn't like that, she would just feel compelled to give them the money, right? Like she would just be like, "Oh, it's not really mine. I'll I'll give you most of it. I'll stay with maybe enough to like you know help my mom out, but I'll give you most of it. I'm it's not for me." And this one, she's seeing the teeth come out. You know, like our our old law professor used to say. When blood, you know, when money's in the water, the sharks show up. Um, and here it is, the money's here, right? Like when somebody's passed away, the money's out, and they're just they're gnawing for whatever they can get. Um, and that's a really that's a really good theory. Again, just add it to the canon of the of the movie. I would just be like, yeah, that's, that's well, exactly I say it's one. theory only because you'd have to assume that Harlan planned his own death in a certain like that he anticipated or he planned his death to a certain extent because or planned his demise because it, it kind of like you would have to all play so well what if but. he what if he th we mentioned earlier that we think that he knew ransom's personality well enough to know that if he told them about the will he wouldn't tell anybody else but what if going we're reaching here but what if he knew ransom would try and kill him right right or someone that argument that argument kind of reflected that he kind of knew that would be coming he, he knew that they yeah. would lash out in a maybe violent way and he was already in a place where he was more fragile. So he probably knew, hey, if this doesn't work out, I already know that this is going to play out. And he might have known that they would either try to convince him to change it or play on her emotions. And like you said, either convince her to give it up or convince her to just support them throughout and that he, I think you're right. I think it would definitely go further. And he knew how mm. they would, he was always thinking strategy and how are they going to react? What are they going to do? So, and he's a, he, and he's a man that likes, he's, he's a, he's a writer, right? He writes books. He likes the, the idea of theater, the idea of adding character and meaning to what you do and what you say. And the way he goes out by killing himself to save Marta it wouldn't be in the realm of impossibility to think that he potentially wanted to either kill himself. You know, he was, he was very, maybe he was depressed or down. And he said, you know what, let me put her in a position where she's safest. Right. Because in the end he tried killing her. Like he, he there was an attempt on his life. Ransom wanted to kill him. You know, he, he mixed the medication up. So maybe at that point he's like, the better, better me die now in this glory. Right. I'm going to have everyone running around like if it was like a murder mystery book. Um, like what he writes. Yeah. 
I, mean, <laughs> I think who, he wanted to die in the way that he writes. Why I think, not? I mean, if honestly, there's no better way for that character to have died, right? I think had they brought him back and made it like it was just like some game that he you know orchestrated, it would have ruined the effect that the that his death had on all the characters. And I, again, the the movie had me quite doubting myself the entire time because at one point I was like, "It's ransom. It's definitely ransom." Oh, but maybe it wasn't ransom. Maybe she did really just kill him. Maybe there was no murder. Maybe he's alive. I was lost the entire way. Um, I, excellent movie, excellent movie. But it's not over. Let's go. Anything else before this scene so we can jump into the next one? The next one is where it gets a little legalese, but fun stuff. Okay, next one. So in this scene, we have the family, they're talking, and they're coming up with uh, theories and defenses to invalidate the will. Um, I'm not sure if we could call it defenses, more like attacks. They're trying to just find ways to knock that will down. Uh, one note before that, I loved how the paralegal or the, uh, the associate attorney is just <laughs> knocked out. I mean, she's done. She's like, I don't get paid enough to be sitting here listening to, cause I'm assuming that they've just been bickering on the whole night. Um, okay. So we get three topics that they bring up. They, the first one, they don't really bring it up, but we hear like the answer to it is capacity. He didn't have capacity. The second one is undue influence. And the third one is the Slayer statute, which they don't know. I mean, again, you're you're in a situation here where they look at uh, Detective Blanc and they're like, "Hey, did he did he commit suicide? You're the one to know." Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? So let's go for the first one, capacity. They kind of brought it up. They were like, "Oh, he didn't have capacity." And the attorney goes on into like this legalese mode, and he gives them a pretty broad answer to what capacity is. But but I think it was perfectly um, said by the attorney, even though it was generalized. I think it was exactly. Like he said, um, especially his response to Jamie Lee Curtis's um, characters uh, when she said, oh, the very action speaks to unsoundness. And he says, uh, you not liking what he did does not speak to um, testamentary capacity. So he was saying they saw him as sound mind. And one thing that was curious that he said, we all confirmed it. And it speaks to what Ashley says of like who the witnesses were. That's something that would have come into play if um, if they were going to, um, con- uh, if they were going to, what's the word? If they were going to, uh, I can't think of the word, but um, so one thing that they would have had to actually show was that they were going to challenge the will. Yeah, if they were going to challenge the um, the capacity of Harlan, they would have had to show that these witnesses did not test for that. But he says we confirmed it, you know, and that was something that they cannot even fight because they actually made sure the attorneys which is something that they really always should do especially with an elder person who's making such a big change is say do they understand what they're doing and do they understand the consequences of this action yeah i mean we also have like i mean up until his death he killed himself right so and he killed himself in the sense of the movie and the the characters at this moment his death was ruled a suicide um, usually if you have maybe somebody who suffers from dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, they have some sort of mental disability, you could then start 
bringing in the capacity issue. You could always bring in the capacity issue if, you know, some sort of like, there's got to be more than that. And the fact is that if they, in the, the movie makes it pretty clear, you know, when we have, you know how we have hypotheticals in law school and they tell us, don't argue these facts. Uh, the movie just said it. They just told us, they're like, we tested capacity. He had capacity. It's a non-issue. But it's never a bad thing to argue, I would say, if there is a question that there may have not been capacity. Um, I guess as attorneys, we're just told, hey, try and attack as best way as you can, as long as it's not frivolous, right? As long as they're not bringing in that the guy was like, you know, as long as the, the, the attacks make sense. And I think all three, honestly, so long as the, well, the Slayer statue wouldn't make sense in this case per se, um, but the other two would make sense. And I think capacity, yeah. I mean, why not? If you lose, you lose, but at least you tried, right? <laughs> I think it's funny, the capacity thing, because um, they all kind of knew he was in sound mind because even when he spoke to them the week before at his birthday and he gave them the reasons on why he was just, you know, disinheriting them, um, they knew he was giving logical. Did they agree with it? No, but he had logical reasons on why each of them wasn't going to get anything from him. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think some people would be like, well, why didn't he just put that in the will or why didn't he just leave them a little bit or, or why didn't he just like, isn't there a way for it to protect her in that way? But, um, one of the things that I think is people like every state has their own rules. Right. But one of the things that I think was interesting is that in Florida, you can't keep people from contesting a will. Right. So these, this family has like the absolute right to contest as well, even if they would have put a clause in it, like, in Florida, that doesn't, everyone can contest it. Um, but also if you give reasons, like if he started listing like the reasons or if he gave them a dollar or this and that, then you give the court like room to say, oh, well, is this really a good reason? Maybe he wasn't in capacity or maybe he was undue for like, does this sound like someone who, no, if you give no reason and you just say this, and he told the reasons in person, I think that he just kind of protected him, his, his, like, not his will, he protected his, um, what he wanted. Yeah, his will, I guess, like yeah. his, his ultimate ending is what he protected by not including that. So I think, um, I, I thought think, it was really good how yeah. they did it. I think in this particular situation, um, it's always going to be ambiguous in the sense that like, no matter what he does, the family is going to be upset. Because you can't stop people from being upset that you didn't get money, right? Like, I mean, the family felt entitled to the money. He could have went to each person and told them, you're not getting anything. Then died, and then they still probably would have been like, he was crazy. That, that He didn't know what he was saying. He was angry, right? And that still wouldn't be a legal argument, right? Because you could still be angry, make a will, and be sound mind. I mean, yeah, you, you were just angry. I mean... Was it dumb to do it? Sure. Not legally incorrect. I mean, it's still valid. If you went through all the hoops, he, you know, all the, at least here in Florida, the two, you know, testing witnesses. Yeah. If he got an affidavit, get, you know, uh, self-proofing it, then I mean, again, like I'd argue it. If I was their attorney, I'd be like, let's fight it. But I don't think they'd win. Ashley had a good point of not, detailing the reasoning sometimes because I do remember one case in law school that stuck out to me where they were able to show incapacity through the reasoning that they put in the will 
because they um, it was an elderly person who also disinherited her daughter, I believe. And she was saying that um, they she had left her in the nursing home by herself, that she never came to visit and that she was trying to that she had been horrible to her, basically. And they were able to show through um, talking with the nursing home and talking to the nurses and looking at the visitor logs that she was actually very present and tried to help the mom a lot, but the mom was unable to um, understand or retain that. So she kept thinking like she was alone and that she was being treated horribly when she was in fact not. But because she put that into the will as the reasoning why she was disinheriting, they were able to show the incapacity and reverse it. So, I mean, I think that was, a really good point that I hadn't noticed, but he actually might have helped himself by by making it mm-hmm. so vague and just saying no. And his attorney said he had capacity, done deal. So that brings us and that segues us to the second argument that they have, and that's undue influence. And uh, funny enough, that is the most used argument against or for invalidating a will. Um, it's, I checked it to make sure, cause I don't want to talk out of, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is statistically right. It is the, one of the most used and, um, rightfully so, because again, like I, like I brought up in the last scene, um, you have a caretaker, she's very close. They spend a lot of time together. And like the attorney says, that alone is not enough to count as undue influence. If she has his ear. And she's just telling him like, hey, you know, I like, you know, we're, we're, this is a good thing. And she doesn't bring up and he just genuinely feels like he she deserves what he has to give her. That's fine. Now, undue influence comes in when you have that additional, um, that that additional, what can we say, like spice added in, right? Where you have like the person actively procuring, right, the inheritance um, through either falsehood, um, duress, Stuff like that. Um, you guys want to talk about that? I mean, personally for me, when it comes to undue influence, that's probably, if I was an attorney in their position, I'd be like, that's the number one I'd go to. I mean, whether we lose or not, remember, we don't know that, we don't have her story in in, in, in documentary form like we do in the movie. But if I was the family, I'd be like, undue influence, hands down. I mean, she she got into his ear. She said that the, the family's horrible, Right. Look, look at all the stuff he's been doing. He's been disinheriting people. He's been, I, I lost, you know, my publishing uh, job with my dad and it, she probably told him that, you know, I'm no good. Right. I would have gone for the undue influence. I think Harlan also, this goes back to his strategy, how he did not talk, tell her about it. I think that was also protecting her because it is not a discussion they had. It is not something she ever asked for. Um, He did not go with her to any attorneys uh, or she did not take him. And I think also he wasn't in a very, um, he was fragile in the way that he needed a caretaker, but he also wasn't in a place where he needed her to take him everywhere. Um, He was mostly there. She was mostly there to keep him company, I think in a way. And and yes, give him meds and help him with certain things, but he wasn't totally dependent on her Mm -hmm. as a caregiver and that helped her as well. So um, there was a lot of still, even though, yes, that's the first one you kind of go to, she had a lot of um, factors on her side. Yeah. I I mean, when you look at it from her perspective, right, she must be scared to death because you just inherited a fortune 
and you have arguably incredibly powerful and influential people um, trying to get your inheritance. And he kind of put her in that situation. This kind of goes back to what Ashley was saying, where it's it's good that, that he did not include, or the fact that he didn't include reasons as to why he didn't do it uh, leaves it ambiguous. It also kind of leaves her in a spot where like she's like, what did I do? I mean, because I think in one part of the movie, I don't, I don't want to, you know, quote it, but she's kind of like, why me? Right. Like, I mean, what, what did I do? I, I just, cause she's such a good person that for her, that was just being good. And these people are just horrible people that all they think about is money. And she's just like, with that said, I'm going to keep on saying it. I would have gone on the undue influence argument is perfect for this. I mean, it's just, it just reeks it. They want to win. I think it but. depends. I think it depends on the state, like in Florida, like what Rebecca was listing. Those are kind of like the protections that yeah. you have because um, just the fact that she didn't know. I mean, you see it on her face. You see it in, in, in and no one knew um, the fact that she wasn't part of all of that. It, it protects her because you can't really have the influence if you had no knowledge that it was being done. Um, and it wasn't her idea. It wasn't any of that. So I think um, it would be really hard. And I think that's what the attorney was saying. Like, it's going to be really Super hard because hard. her character doesn't show that um, her, uh, the, the situation, he probably knows that she's never been to his office. He probably has never even seen her in his life. So there's probably a lot of um, situational things that he's like, there's no way to even, like it would be too far reaching to just say that she had an, an undue influence. And I think that that's, um, there's also the I sense think it's, it's yeah. just so well done. <laughs> no, it, 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 There's also a sense that like, it seems like she's like a long time caregiver, right? Like it's not like she just showed up, right. Made friendly with him and was like, Hey, give me your money. Um, this, this, there was a sense of like long going back to the fact that the family was like, you're our family. You know, we would never leave you. We're going to help you. I think before the the, the reading of the will, um, Walt wakes up to her and he's like, hey, no matter what, we're going to take care of you. You know, you're not by yourself. That all counts even after you want to call the undue influence argument. You're, 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 you're telling me that like she's as close to you as she was to, to Harlan. And now suddenly she's like the evil, you know, caretaker. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. I want to jump in and spin more theories kind of off the other theory web that Ash had. Um, and it kind of goes into saying, although this would be a great defense now in the death, um, saying that the will um, was done with a sound mind. It brings me back to the conversation that we had a few podcasts ago about guardianships. And although this would not have um, worked now, in this case, I wonder if part of his kind of um, reasoning and maybe he did plan to have this more violent way of going and a quicker way of going was because if they were to have tried to get him under a guardianship, if they would have heard, hey, he's giving this all to his caregiver um, and he's disinheriting his children, he's taking away his grandchildren's tuition money, I wonder if a court would have been so strict to put him under, um, to not put him under a guardianship. And if that would have happened, this will could have been invalidated. So I wonder what would have happened in that case. And that could probably be its own topic, but I wonder if that's also maybe can play into that theory of, oh, maybe if he died, this wouldn't have worked as a defense. And there's a good argument to be had that if he was uh, put under a guardianship, 
uh, it probably would have been one of those kids. Um, mm-hmm. Because either, look, and it's not really like what's right or wrong. You could always argue, um, oh, the court would do this. No, they wouldn't do that. In the end, it's whatever influence they have with that court, right? And these, these people seem really powerful in the sense that they have a lot of money or had, um, but they, they have influence. And they're definitely going to, they're going to lobby to have power over their father. Um, and in the end, if that's it, once you, once they become guardian over that, over him there, you're going to see a lot of trinkle, trinkling of assets leaving mm-hmm. the estate, uh, whether it be through just payments, whether it be through, as we saw with the, uh, the Netflix documentary paying attorney fees that are exorbitant, but you know, and in the end, that's, that's the sad reality of that. Luckily the movie didn't go into that. So that would have been that would have been one that would have been a horror movie at that point. It, well, as far as the yeah. as far as the Slayer statute thing, I mean, it's so sad because we know what happened as a viewer of the movie, but they all know and they've been fighting to say that it's been a suicide this entire time. But as soon as the option came that it could be invalidated or possibly with a Slayer statue, how quickly they turned against Marta. You know what I mean? Like it, it was not, it was never even a question. And they were just like, why are you going into this? It was suicide. It was suicide because they were so confident and it didn't matter. We were going to get what we we're going to get. Dad's gone. It's not a big deal. But as soon as the possibility that this investigation mm-hmm. could turn to their benefit, um, how quickly the tables turned. And they didn't even know what had happened with Marta or with Ransom. And and look at that. They were already planning to set her up, which is the worst part. I mean, how do you how would you even go that low to set someone up for murder? It there's a part in that scene where um I think her name is Dawn. I, I cannot remember. It's it's the the it's the the daughter in law, right? Uh, she's the one that's looking it up, and she's like the one that brings up the Slayer statue, and she confirms that you don't have to even be convicted, right? And the attorney confirms this. Is my bad. You don't have to be convicted. You just have to be found guilty in a civil court, which is preponderance. It's not preponderance. It's just fifty. It's, you have to be greater than fifty percent likelihood that you did it, and you're found guilty of that. And that's you know that's a really nice addition that the movie made because that's a little it's a little kind of like a little nugget of information that most people probably would have not cared to learn but they added in the movie and it really i don't know if like i don't even know if it had bearing in the movie because like whether he was whether martha was found guilty or not you got detectives there it never actually played with the movie like the slayer statue a little bit but it never really like that particular exception or additional information never came to, to play and I like the fact that they just added it. They were just like, let's just throw it in there for people to like know something else that could, that could happen. You know, I like that. And it didn't play, but I did think that it um, added to this specific situation because they were a family with money and it was a civil suit. So if she was found civilly, so them with the money and the resources could have sued her anyways, even if the police didn't want to charge her with the, um, with, being in mm-hmm. responsible for his death. So if they would have sued her as wrongful death or whatever it was, 
So they still could have been pushed for that result, even if she wasn't going to be criminally charged with it. So I think it kind of like pushed that loophole there for those who have the resources to go forward with a court case. Yeah, excellent point. Never really thought about uh, the alternate. Yeah. They all turn to the detective like, what little question, even if it's just a little bit, give it to me so we can move forward with this. Like, they were desperate. Like, that was pretty low and, and he's desperate. Been, I mean, what they keep doing yeah. ends up even lower. But I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. I think it shows the true colors and why Harlan disinherited all of them. And he's been a thorn on their side the whole time. The detective, they don't want him there. And then suddenly he's like the answer out. Um, let's jump into the next scene, which will kind of like, it's, it's, the, it's the last scene before we end the reading of the will because technically the attorney's still there. So this is still the reading of the will, I guess. So in this scene, the character's, Kick the attorney out. The attorney's happy to oblige. He's done with it. He's over with the night. And um, the son is like, let's just ask her to denounce um, her inheritance, which if in legal terms, it's just disclaim her inheritance. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys, do you guys think like, I mean, I think old Martha would have done it, right? Old Martha would have been like, you know, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you know, I feel bad. But the new Martha that we've discussed, the the way Harlan set it all up, he set it up in a way where she kind of feels like, no, like, the, you guys don't deserve this. Harlan told me about this, right? Because he, Harlan spent, he, he would confine in her about the troubles. She knew about everyone's little dirty secret because Harlan would tell him. And, and at this point, she's kind of like, no, like, this is what Harlan wanted. This is what he wants. And I keep the money. Um, but yeah. I think Rebecca, you asked me earlier if this, if like you can disclaim, if it was even possible to disclaim, it is possible. Um, you can. There are reasons why you'd want to disclaim. Mostly, I think it's uh, tax reasons, stuff like that. Sometimes you just don't want it. You know, I think you can also disclaim using the um, kind of like the shelter trust. You know, you could shelter it through you. You know, you're not really like taking it. It's for your kids avoid the tax. Um, that's pretty much all I have to contribute to this particular scene. If there, if there... I'll add a note that I loved when they said uh, bye to the attorney and they said you're useless. And it's kind of at this point when you do a good job with an estate plan and it's bulletproof, then, you know, you can't really fight it. So that's a note there. For everyone to do a good estate plan, do it well, do it with people who are going to make it so that it can't be contested. And you can't use the attorneys to contest it. And whatever you wrote goes. Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, uh, let's jump into the next scene. And it's the final scene of like the context of the movie. Um, let's do that. Uh. So, if what they were doing before was not illegal, <laughs> this is definitely not legal. Um, here we have a scene where Walt is confronting Martha, uh, Martha, and he effectively blackmails her and says, hey, uh, you either disclaim, renounce your inheritance, or we're going to report your mom to, uh, to the authorities because she's an illegal and she's not documented. And then goes in addition to that and says, 
But if you do give us the money, we'll help her out with all these expensive lawyers. Um, and then she ends that scene. We don't have it here. I'll add it to the clip. She ends that scene by kind of like a little nice little twist at the end. She goes, but you don't have that money. That's my money. And I thought it was fantastic. Okay. Thoughts. Well, I like that. I'll correct you there. He didn't say he was going to use that against her. He tried to use their protection as something that was necessary because they are the ones that are powerful. And I think that that's where um, she was clever enough to realize that um, the money is what had, what gave them their power and it wasn't theirs anymore. And, but I love that he didn't threaten necessarily, but said more of like, well, it could come out and, you know, we'll be the ones to protect you or we know how to protect you. So I thought it was, um, I thought that was so interesting and, and just goes to show how people um, will use whatever to take advantage of others. And it's such a shame, but, um, but this shows people's true color. Like this is not too far from reality, unfortunately. There was something in the scene that caught my eye when he's kind of like in that, he's like in, a, in that pinch where he's kind of trying to be a little forceful. He's like squeezing his cane. And I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that's him releasing anger because he's frustrated or if that's because of all the kids, he's kind of like the one that's the most introverted. He's like the... He's like the the good boy of like the bad people, right? Like he's like not that he's good, but he's like the one that's least conf- conflict oriented, right? Interesting that they sent him, right? And not like, you know, the son. The son would have gone up and been like, you know, hey, give it to me. So he's kind of like out of his element doing it. You could tell that he's kind of like almost like embarrassed that he's doing it, but at the same time he's also like but give me the money. <laughs> you know, like so it's weird. It's it's a very tense scene because I feel like you have that weirdness going on. Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked conflicted. I thought um, he was he kind of felt it, it kind of showed his desperation. I think I think that whole scene just showed more desperation, kind of like kind of like the envelopes from all the attorneys. Right. <laughs> the desperation was, to get a case. <laughs> I was waiting to jump on that one because I think when you're talking about taking advantage of a situation, that was something that definitely stuck out to me. And I think Florida is just one of those states that is so strict on solicitation rules and their ethics for reaching out to people. And they don't like ambulance chasers and this, I don't know what you would call it, but it's definitely something that seems a little icky when you think about them just trying to help her defend this huge um, settlement. I mean, this huge um, case, Mm -hmm. it's not even a case yet, but the inheritance, they want her to keep it knowing that she's going to be able to pay a nice hefty attorney fee. So yeah, I, I was, those letters kind of irked me. Is there an equivalent to like an ambulance chaser to probate attorney? Is it like, (laughs) dare I say morbidly like a casket chaser? Like somebody's just driving around like, Ooh, you know, like there's a hearse. Let me see who, I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. (laughs) Like they suddenly were like, and who finds out about this? Like, you know, like, it just just curious, like you know, because like they just, I mean, she's got a pile of them, right? And I'm like, yeah, interesting. That was another note that I, um, when he said, "Oh, well, you see the scrutiny that this brings," um, and that Harlan was unfair with that, and I do think that that goes back to what we were talking about—the trust. How it's weird that he didn't put it in a trust because that wouldn't have been public knowledge. Now, 
the will is probated, so that's publicly available. But even without it, I think here it seems like the family was probably the one to make it um, such a public thing. Mm. But if you would have put it in a trust, the amount of money that she was getting and all these things, even though, I mean, it was going to be obvious that him being a public figure, that it was a large, uh, a large sum and a large amount of assets, it was something that would have been more secret, more private, and he could have protected her from some of that by putting it in a trust. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really wouldn't have needed anyone's permission to do it. So the only person who would have really found out about the trust would have been her as beneficiary. Um, I would have maybe put the attorney as trust as co-trustee. If he passes away, the attorney could remain as trustee. If it's a you know a, a, a trusted attorney that's you know acting in a trustee fiduciary you know position, I mean, and they really wouldn't have needed to find out about it because in a living trust, for the most part, he would have acted as you know the owner of everything until he passed away it still would have been a gut, you know a punch to the gut to everybody when they find out that the whole time she was a beneficiary to the trustee to the trust i'm sorry but i i have to i'm siding with you rebecca like i don't understand like again hollywood magic the will but at the same time they could have easily just made it a trust i just don't think people would have in, people wouldn't have appreciated it as much right they would have been like well trust that's weird you know, I think too. I think too. It adds to the um, the for sure. The his siblings probably for one of the one of one of them for sure. Part of their plan was to call the press and put that that level of pressure on her, um, which I think is what allowed the attorneys to know that she was coming into such a large sum of money because outside she had all that press. Yeah. Um. But I think that uh, I think the whole thing too about the trust is that um. I think there would be more people involved and he's very secretive. He's very secretive. And sure. um, she would have had, like you said, she kind of maybe would have known or she would have had to probably, or she would have found out maybe. No, not even. I don't know. There has to be a level of processing that he felt that that wouldn't have. Because for sure an attorney, if he has yeah. an, a personal attorney, how would he have not told him you should have a trust? It may be, <laughs> maybe like, the transfer of title from his properties to the trust and then suddenly his kids are going to be like who's the beneficiary of this trust and he would have been like oh well her and that's it i mean the whole game because it really in the end it's a game for him like it wasn't yeah it was a game and the, the the purpose of the game was to teach them a lesson and to give martha what she was owed or that he believed she was owed and that was his his belongings his possessions um yeah that's a good point you're right i mean a trust does think, require more administration than a will, for sure. So Right. Right. I think those are all good points. Although, honestly, this is probably done, like you said a little bit earlier, Armando, to make it just bite size for the audience who has no, no information on estate planning. So people who are watching this movie, it's just so much easier for them to hear. It was in a will, and it was given to her, and that's it. So. Can we at least hope that this movie like can we like add like a, a an extra deleted scene where like at the end she's like well in the will it creates a trust like a testamentary <laughs> trust for her at least like so she could financially protect herself that way you know like you know because like at I, least think, that- I think she's smart enough i think she's smart <laughs> enough she's pretty clever i mean 
Yeah. He, he wouldn't have trusted her with all that stuff. If she she doesn't care about her. the game. So we're going to assume that she went to a competent attorney, which we recommend everybody who's listening to this podcast do. Okay. Do not dissolve entertainment purposes. We're all having fun here. Um, and just, you know, just law speak at this point. Uh, but if you do need to talk to an attorney for your estate planning needs, go and talk to one, one that is certified um, in your location. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, if I could just say my two favorite parts of this entire, well, maybe it's three, but I'll say it. I don't know. Two or three is that in the beginning, he has the cup that says my house, my rules, my coffee. And at the end, she's drinking from that same cup on the ledge that to me, on the balcony that to me is like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's her saying it without saying it. And, um, and also I loved the fact, I mean, they referenced the thousand knives book or mo- book that he wrote. And in the beginning of the movie, he had said, um, you know, when you play the game so much, um, you have to be careful because then you won't know the difference between a real knife and uh, the fake knife from, from like, you know, play knives mm-hmm. or whatever props from props. And w- I love at the end that it ends up being a prop knife and, you know, just going to show that when he was too consumed by the game, you know, and I think all of those, it's so many different layers, which tells me that Harlan, he knew, he knew it was from the beginning. That's my theory. (laughs) He knew it was coming because I mean, he didn't feel bad after he got injected. Like you got, you know, come on, come on. There's so many, there's so many things. He wanted to die a mystery movie. I'm a mystery story and he did it. So <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. I really did too. And I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, there is an extra scene. Do you want to do that scene or do you just want to cut straight to like the the conclusion of this podcast? What was that one for? <laughs> it was uh, just him. It's just pretty much him saying the title and him closing up and saying that she denounced that she will not be denouncing her in, her inheritance. It was on the list, so that's why I'm bringing it up. No, I'm okay with it. You I'm okay it? with skipping it. Also, yeah, I wrote right. it, but I, I'm okay with skipping it. Okay, sweet. Uh, let me do All this right. real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. To- yeah, let me let me let me just do this. Okay, that'll let me know in the editing that this is the official ending. So, because like. I have to like clip that out. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really appreciate it. That wraps up the conversation for today. Thank you for joining us. If you want more information on anything discussed today, make sure to visit our website, www.lifelegacypa.com. And yeah, yeah, you can find articles, extra information, um, anything that we discuss, just you'll find it there. Also, you'll find a link to uh, just add comments if you want to add a comment. Um, We've had some people send in comments and we've just been answering as we can. Uh, And yeah, Instagram. Don't forget Instagram. I know that's Becky's love child. Go answer on Instagram. Go comment. Uh, We're posting on Instagram uh, sometime this week, right, Bex? Or this week. Not the time that you're listening to this, but (laughs) the week that we'll be recording, October 14th, uh, we'll be posting um, an Instagram post. Just reminding you guys that we'll have a preview live Monday. So yeah. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.